Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. What's up, Simple Church? My name is Justin Metters. It is such an honor to be with you today. Say hello to our studio audience. Also, everyone that's joining us online, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, the podcast, or whatever your form of media so glad to be with you today. Let me take just a moment and introduce myself, my family. Again, my name is Justin Metters, my wife, Tiffany. We've got two boys, Parker, who is nine, and Nixon, who is two. Parker is our little old man. Like, give him a newspaper and anybody, and he can have conversation with them. And then Nixon is our two-year-old who is the wild child. Like, I was ready to write the parenting book after our firstborn. Like, we'd go to these restaurants, and my nine-year-old was sitting there, calm, everybody else's kids screaming, and I'm like, we should write a book. And then my two-year-old came along, and he is, if he can get into it and on it, that's where he's at. So just wanted to introduce my family to you. It's such an honor to be with you today. I give honor to pastors Aaron, Shanda DeLong, your lead pastors here at Simple Church. I haven't known Pastor Aaron very long, but I can tell you this much. He has a heart for the kingdom. He has a heart for you. He loves you. He loves the city. He loves this church. And it's an honor to call them friends. And it's so great to be with you here today. I want to take a text today. I want to read one verse of scripture, Acts chapter number one. In verse number three, the Bible says this, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. I wanna talk to you for just a few minutes today from this thought, it's about time. Before we get started, I wanna pray for us today. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together. God, I pray that you would breathe on these next few moments, anoint our ears to hear, our minds to comprehend, and our hearts to receive what you would say to us today. Your word is already anointed, but anoint my lips of clay to speak as your oracle today. God, help us to leave this place different than what we came. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So a few years ago, my family and I, we are living in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right downtown, Center City. And uh, there was a family night going on at Franklin Square. So our family loaded up our car. We drove down to Franklin Square. It's like 9, 10 o'clock at night. It's cold. And we're trying to find parking, and we can't find parking anywhere. And so after circling the block for several minutes. I finally pulled up to this curb and I dropped my family off. I told Tiffany, I said, you go start the party. I'm going to go find a place to park. I'll be back in a few minutes. I circled blocks and blocks and could not find anywhere to park the car. And uh, I had noticed this parking garage literally right across the street from the park. And it was closed. Every time I pulled up to the garage, the garage wouldn't open for me. And so after circling several times, I finally came around the corner and the garage was open. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, it was a God moment. I pulled into the garage and there was like this long corridor, like these two concrete walls. And I drove my car down the ramp. And all of a sudden I pull up into this wide open garage that there are no cars in. And I thought that was a little strange, but I went ahead and parked my car, thankful for a parking spot. I saw the big exit sign. There's this elevator. 
I walk over to the elevator, I push the button to go upstairs to the main floor, and the elevator opens and I step out of the elevator and I'm in this gigantic room, like vaulted ceilings, huge room, and I realize I am standing in the middle of the National Constitution Center Museum with all of these precious early American artifacts. And I'm in there alone by myself, pitch black in there, and I'm looking around and I turn around to the elevator and it won't work. And so I don't know where to go. I, I shout hello a couple of times, nobody responds. And finally I see a door in the distance with this exit sign. And so I just made my way to the door, walked out of the door and uh, the door opened and then closed behind me. And then I thought, I'll just check the door. And sure enough, it was locked. And I realized I was in a, a good place, but I was probably there at the wrong time. So I went across the street. We had a great time. I'm really not sure what I was thinking, but about an hour later, I came back to get my car and I walked up to the parking garage, door is closed, and there's this little call button, this little intercom, and so I pushed the button and pushed it multiple times. Finally, somebody answers and they said, hello, and I said, my car is inside your garage and I need to get it out. And the gentleman who responded, he said, well, that's impossible, we're closed, there's no vehicles in our garage. I said, no, you don't understand. Like I was here about an hour ago, parked my car inside your garage. He said, no, sir. He's like, nobody's been in our garage, we've been closed for hours. I said, sir, you can check the video footage. I was in your garage about an hour ago. He waits a few minutes and then he comes back across this intercom. He goes, meet me at the east door. I'm like, I don't have a clue which way is east, but I was like, sure. So I walked around the building, found the door. He opened it up and he said, you were inside this building an hour ago. I said, yes, sir, I was. I took that elevator over there. He said, how did you get in here? And so I described to him what happened. He took me downstairs to my car, got me in my car, walked my car out of the thing and told me, come back and see us again, but do it during normal business hours. And I realized I was in a great spot, but was just there at the wrong time. You ever been that person who just has a knack for being in the wrong place at the wrong time? I gotta tell you, so I'm an introvert by nature, okay? I, I struggle with one-on-one -on -one conversation. I, I would rather speak to a whole crowd than one-on-one. -on -one. I just have trouble with small talk. And inevitably, we'll go to a party. My wife is the socialite. She's always wanting to throw parties and we'll have all these people over at the house and there'll be like that one other person who's maybe difficult to have conversation with. And like, I'll stumble across the room and before you know it, I turn and me and that person are face to face and neither one of us have anything to say. It's just me, wrong spot, wrong time. Time is everything to us, right? We, we talk about time. What time are you getting off work? What time are you going to meet me here? You wanna have dinner, you talk about what time is the reservation for. Everything we do in life revolves around time. It's Christmas time, it's Easter time. Time is a really big deal to us. The Bible talks about time. Let me read just a couple of more scriptures for you. Ecclesiastes chapter three. Maybe you're familiar with this. Maybe you've heard it just in jest and sayings before. There, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep 
and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. There's a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There's a time for everything. Time is the most precious commodity that we have. None of us know how much of it we have. None of us know when our expiration date is, but we do all know that we only have so much time. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. When it comes to time, we, we're always asking these questions. How long will I sit in this traffic? And, and how long until the game comes on? And it's always questions of time. But on a more personal note, we ask other questions about time. How long until my finances will get better? How long until my relationship is fixed? How long until this pandemic is over and things get back to normal? How long until the brokenness in our culture is fixed? How long until the hate is gone in our culture? How long until life gets better? Ever been there? You ever asked those questions? I know I have. How much longer? And we look at our watch and we're like, it's about time. Ever, ever caught a break? Caught a green light on your way to work when you're running late and you're like, it's about time ever got a raise on the job and you're like, it's about time. Ever had that moment and you're like, it's about time? Well, I think every one of us have been there. And, and the reality of it is, when we deal with this time issue, we're all bound by it. And none of us know with certainty the answer to that age old question, time. Now, Jesus talked about time. Matter of fact, he talked about a time when he would return he came and he talked about a time when he would come back. And so today, with absolute certainty, I want to predict to you the day, the hour, and the time that Jesus is going to return. Okay, I'm just joking. I can't even pull that one off with a straight face. If anybody ever says that to you, that they know the day, the time, and the hour, don't walk away from them, run away from them, because they, they don't know the day, the hour, and the time. While Jesus did not tell us the time that he was going to return, he did give us with absolute certainty some principles that we should be doing in the meantime. So before we really dive into it, I, I want to give you a couple overarching principles that he shared with us. In Luke chapter 13, I won't read the scriptures, you can look it up, but let me just kind of summarize for us. Jesus is, is talking with some people and they, they come up to him and they're like, do you realize that Herod wants to kill you? And Jesus is like, yeah. He's like, you go tell that fox. Like, that's Jesus' term. He, he was upset. You go tell that fox. He's like, I'm going to cast out some demons. I'm going to heal some people. I'm going to have to, like, raise from the dead. Uh, but nevertheless, today, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, every day after, he said, I must walk. So, so Jesus said, I, I know I got people wanting to kill me. I've got these, these devils I'm going to have to deal with and people need healing. I've got a lot coming at me right now. He said, but regardless of whether it's today, tomorrow, or someday in the future, the one principle I have to share with you is I must walk. So the first thing I want to share with you today is I don't know what season you're in right now. Maybe this has been the worst year, year and a half of your life. Keep walking. Maybe you're like, no, it's actually been a decent year for me. So Keep walking. Whether you feel blessed or whether you feel like the world's been sitting on top of you, regardless of where you're at in life, keep on walking. Because here's what I know. I don't want to stay stagnant. 
I, I don't want to just be the status quo. I want to keep reaching for everything that God has for me. I've got to keep on walking. There's a term that's used a lot in the King James Version of the Bible. It says, uh, and this has come to pass, right? And that's one of my favorite terms in the Bible because some of the junk that comes into my life, it's encouraging to know it didn't come to stay, that it's come to pass. Like at some point, time will change. But how do I get from this season to the next? I keep walking. I keep putting my faith in God. I keep believing. I keep trusting. I simply keep walking. Now, we just came out of a season, Holy Week, recently, where we talked about the death of Jesus, and then we talked about his resurrection, and thank God he didn't stay in the grave, but he got up, and it was a new time, a new day, a new season. But I'm reminded of the disciples during this time of transition. Jesus has died on the cross. They've, they've seen this. He's in the grave, and they think everything we've invested over the last few years, it's gone. We put our hopes in the fact that Jesus was gonna be here to rule and reign, and now he's dead. Like, they, they didn't know how long is this season gonna last. They didn't know if this was just the new normal here to stay. Only thing they knew is they were in a time that they weren't comfortable with. They weren't certain what to do, but what they did do was they kept on walking. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that the disciples were walking down a road called Emmaus, the Emmaus Road. And Jesus has risen from the dead. They don't realize it. And Jesus walks up to them. They don't even recognize Jesus. And Jesus starts a conversation with them. And they just start venting. Like, they're like, you don't know how bad life is. Like, let me tell you how bad my world is right now. Like, COVID nothing. Like, let me tell you what's happening in my life at this time. And they're venting about all of this stuff that's going on. And there's no expiration date. Like it's just bad upon bad upon bad. And Jesus starts speaking into their world. And before you know it, they end the conversation with Jesus and Jesus leaves. And they said, when he was with us, when that man just spoke to us, it was like time stood still. It was like our world began to change. How he made us feel. I think there's a principle here. What you're walking through is not nearly as important as who you're walking with. You know what? You may be going through the season right now that you don't understand. And you, you may not have everything figured out right now. And you may not enjoy this particular time in your life. But if you're walking with Jesus, that's the most important thing in your world. The most important thing. You know, I don't know, maybe it's cliche, but I would say this, the best day in the world cannot compare to the worst day even with Jesus. Because when you've got him walking with you, it just makes life better. Better in every single way. Now, we, we, I could give you a, a complex theology, but really it's a simple church. It's a simple gospel. Life with Jesus is not that complicated. It's a simple message and he makes life better. So, so what is it time for right now? What season are we in right now? Well, Jesus, Jesus has risen from the dead. We just come out of this Easter season. He spends 40 days with his disciples and he's kind of obsessed about one particular topic. It's called the kingdom of God. That's all he wants to talk about. Have you ever, have you ever been around somebody who they're so obsessed with like one thing? Like, and it's something you don't know anything about. 
like maybe it's video games, right? And they're sitting there telling you about like all of these ghosts on level 478 and you're like, I don't have a clue. And you try to change the subject and they're like, but let me tell you about the game. That's how Jesus was. Jesus was obsessed with the kingdom of God. There's a mustard seed. Let me tell you about the kingdom of God. There's a farmer. Let me tell you about the kingdom of God. Let me tell you about that kink. Funny story. Let me tell you about the kingdom of God. Everything Jesus did was about the kingdom of God. Lord, teach us to pray. Let me tell you about the kingdom of God. Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything Jesus talked about was the kingdom of God. Now, the disciples, they're like, well, Lord, what about our issues? What about our problems? What about what we're going through? And Jesus said, let me talk to you about the kingdom of God. Now, when you think about the kingdom of God, the simplest way really to describe it is it's God's plan, his purpose, his power through the lives of his people. That's what the kingdom of God's all about. It's what God's plan is coming through the life of his people. Now, Now, the disciples, they heard it. They heard him talk about the kingdom of God, but they're really interested in about what's going on in their world, right? You come to church, watching church online, and you're like, kingdom of God, that's great. What about my marriage? Kingdom of God, love that. (laughs) What about my finances? Kingdom of God, fantastic, great preaching, but, but I'm having some trouble in real life over here. Well, the disciples were right there with you. Let let me read another verse to you. Acts chapter one, verses six and seven says this. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Watch what he says. He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they are not for you to know. But Jesus, what about the time? No. Well, could you just tell us what? No. But, but if you just give us a date, no. You don't need to know the dates and times of everything. He's like, that's not what's important. What's important is the kingdom of God. Jesus, you don't understand. I've got issues. He said, seek you first the kingdom of God and all these other things they'll be taken care of. Now, now that I guess is good Bible, but how does that help me in 2021? Like, I pray your kingdom come, your will be done. But we all have real problems that we go home to. We all have real issues that we're dealing with. Now, now maybe when you've seen the kingdom of God, or maybe you've seen church or heard the gospel or been around Christians, maybe you've been around it in a context where the focus wasn't on the kingdom of God but maybe there was a version of Christianity that was shared with you that you're like, I'm not sure I want to be a part of that. I think we've all been around those people who are supposed to be followers of Jesus, but they just weren't about the Father's business. And if we're not careful, it can be a turnoff to us about church and about Christ and about the gospel. And if we're not careful, we can be like, I'm not sure I'm interested in your kingdom because I've seen your people. We struggle with that. Like we really do because God, I, I don't know how to wrap my mind around all of this. C- could I say to you if, you, if you've ever been exposed to that type of Christianity or that type of church or that type of gospel, I'm sorry. We're, we're not perfect and, and we're humans and we make mistakes. But our human error is nothing, nothing in comparison to the greatness of our God. 
And can I tell you, when you get a glimpse of his kingdom, when you really see the kingdom of God that he wants to show us, it changes everything. Because in his kingdom, everything's kind of backwards, right? He says, love your neighbor. But then he also goes on to say, love your enemy. Maybe you're watching this on Facebook and you got the little video screen at the bottom and you're scrolling like ready to type on somebody else's page right now. And Jesus is like, stop, love your neighbor. Don't post that, love your neighbor. And that's hard. Like we get that backwards. Like how am I supposed to love those who who do me wrong? And Jesus said, no, no, no. In my kingdom, we're going to love you. Maybe, Maybe you've been around a version of the gospel where you had to be a certain way in order to be accepted. Jesus said, no, that's, that's not how it is in this kingdom. He said, no, my, my grace is sufficient for you. My mercy is enough. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your culture. It, it doesn't matter anything about your past. You come to me because my grace and my mercy are enough. My love is perfect. It'll cast out all fear. This is Jesus's kingdom. Could, could I just say to you, when you get a glimpse of his kingdom, you realize that there is a perfect love. And there is perfect peace. There's, there's an old saying I grew up with. My, my grandpa used to say it, and I still love it. He said, it's, it's like joy unspeakable. He stole it from the Bible, but he would say it all the time and claimed it as his own. He said, in full of glory. But my grandpa, you, you ever been around somebody who, when they would sit down, would just kind of just kind of sigh, just kind of let out some frustration? Well, I would, I would be around my grandpa growing up, and, and he would always, as he sat down, he'd say, thank you, Jesus. And he'd get up, and he'd say, Thank you, Jesus. And as a kid, I was like, Grandpa, what are you doing? But, but he had experienced something that was just kind of seeping out of him. Like he, he wasn't even thinking about it. It was just seeping out of him. Can I tell you that that's what the kingdom of God wants to do in your life? It wants to get down inside you so much that it's, it's just second nature to you. That, that peace, that love that you've never experienced here on earth, that's the kingdom of God that he wants us to experience let's move forward. Acts chapter one, verses four and five. Let me read these. We'll kind of finish the the chapter off right here together. He says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Don't you love being around somebody and they've had this conversation with them. And then right before you get up to leave, they're like, I've got something for you. That's a, that's a great moment, right? Like they've got something for me. They brought something. I remember my wife and I, we'd been married uh, for about a year. And we went home to visit my parents. And we'd been there like three or four days. But right before we left, my mom was like, I forgot I have something for you. And she went and she brought this box of some of my old stuff. And I opened up that box. It was like a treasure trove. I hadn't seen this stuff in a couple of years. And inside that box, there was this brown corduroy jacket. I slipped it on. It still fit. I looked pretty good. And I'm just going just to tell you, my wife just started shaking her head. No. <laughs> She's like, yeah, we're going to burn that or throw that away. Like, that's not coming home. And I was like, no, no, girl, this looks good. And she's like, no, no, it really doesn't. <laughs> so we brought it home. And the, we had church like two days later and I slipped on that jacket that morning. I was like, I'm a, I came out of the bedroom and she said, Mm-mm. she said, that's not coming with us. So took the jacket off and, you know, happy wife, happy life. I, I got that early. And so I, I didn't wear the jacket that morning, but she had planned the next night to do dinner with some friends. 
And she went to their house early and I was coming a little later and I went home to change and get dressed and it was hanging there, right there in the closet. I grabbed that jacket, I put it on, I showed up to the party, there's like 15, 20 people there and I come walking in and she looks across the and does like that double take and just started shaking her head. And uh, I wore the jacket, looked pretty good that night, just, you know, whatever. Went home the next day, a couple days later, I was gonna wear it again and I couldn't find it. Like it wasn't in the closet, I couldn't find it anywhere. And I asked her and she's like, I haven't seen it. I don't know what happened to it. And it's been 12 years since then. I still don't know what happened to the jacket, but it's no longer with us. Because it was a gift, it meant something to me. I liked it, I loved it, but it didn't mean so much to her. It's amazing though when somebody gives you a gift that not only makes your life better, but makes people around you, makes their life better. Jesus said, I'm getting ready to jet, like literally, I'm getting ready to jet here. But I have a gift for you. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. But what the Holy Spirit's gonna do is it's not just gonna make your life better. It's gonna help you make other people's life better. Watch what he says, Acts chapter one and verse eight. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power to do what? To be my witnesses. To be my witnesses where? Everywhere. So, so Jesus didn't tell us what time it is. He didn't tell us how long it would be before he came back. He didn't tell us how long we would be here on earth or how long this season would last, but he did tell us what we should be doing right now. I'm giving you this gift so that you can be my witness. So if you're confused right now, like what should I be doing during this season? It's a great season, but what should I be doing? We should be witnesses. Well, it's a tough season. What should I be doing? We should be witnesses. What are we called to do? We're called to share our story as a witness for Jesus. Now, now I get it. You're like, hold on. We just had Easter week recently. Like we just did the whole invite everybody. Like we're past Easter now. I don't have to invite anybody again for like another whole year to church. No, it's a great time to be sharing your story and say, let me tell you about my church. Let me tell you about what Jesus did for me. Now, now, I get it. We've all been there. We, we feel like we're not qualified to share Jesus, right? I'm not a pastor. I, I don't have a, a theology degree. I, I don't, there's no way I can share Jesus. Well, every one of us have a story, right? Some are dramatic. Some are, some are like, man, I, I just came out of a drug bust and the FBI was closing in and all of a sudden Jesus showed up on this white horse and he's like, I want you for my kingdom. And some people have that type of story. Others of us were like, well, I was just a kid and I just started believing and all of a sudden Jesus did. It, it doesn't matter how dramatic your story is or how simple your story seems. Every one of us have a story. If you're watching today and, and you don't have a story like that with Jesus, I, I really hope that you get to experience that at some point. I mean, maybe even through our time together today, you're gonna feel something or sense something and be like, no, I want, I want that as a part of my life. I, I want that relationship with Jesus. But for those of us who have accepted Jesus, who've put our faith in him, who know what it's like to have that moment, we have a story to share. Now, may, now maybe you're like, I would share Jesus but there's that one coworker like who is a Christian. And like, if I ever opened my mouth and told them I was a Christian, they would associate me with that person. And I don't want to be associated with that. I, I get it. Maybe you have shared your faith and maybe somebody told you no, and that hurts. 
Maybe you, you finally got up the gumption to be like, I'm going to share Jesus. And the very first person you're like, so let me tell you about Jesus. And they're like, okay, great. First of all, answer evolution for me. And you're like, Oh no, he didn't call me to be a witness. He called me to be a scientist. Like, let me go figure this out. Like, I, I get all of the reservations about being a witness and sharing our faith. I get that. But Jesus, out of all the things that maybe he's a little bit vague with, like what, what did he actually mean there? And there's, there's some tough things, right, in scripture. We try to figure out. There's one thing he, he wasn't vague about. What should we be doing right now during this time? He said, be my witnesses. It's as simple as that. Be my witnesses. Sometimes I think that we overcomplicate this whole sharing Jesus thing. You know, we we think we have to win every debate, but we're called to be a witness. He didn't call us to be a prosecutor. We don't have to challenge all the evidence and debate it all. I'm called to be a witness. I I, I don't have to look at all the evidence and, and hear it all and evaluate it all. No, that's a jury. I was called to be a witness. I don't even have to execute judgment on the situation because that's a judge. I wasn't called to be a judge. I was called to be a witness. A witness is simply sharing my story. Maybe you were the 38 car pileup on the highway and you got to talk about how bad it was and and you got to talk about the the miraculous turnaround. And maybe that's your story or maybe you're the fender bender. Nothing really happened. It was just a small accident, but you're a witness. Jesus said, just share your story. No matter how complicated or how simple, share your story. Because one thing we know, it's time for the kingdom of God to be shared. Jesus said, there's nothing that would make me happier than for everybody to experience my kingdom. But the only way they're gonna know is if you share your story. So I wonder challenge us, what should we be doing this season? I wanna challenge us to do Three things, three questions we're gonna answer today. If you got notes, great time to write this down. Three questions, are you ready? Number one, where will you serve? I I, I wanna share my story. I would love to do it within the context of Simple Church, the local church. I like to find a place to get plugged in. I I wanna find something to do, whether it's today or in the future, I wanna find a way to be a part of what God's doing here at the church. Where will I serve? Question number two is, what will I pray for? What prayers am I going to pray for the church, for my community, for my friends, for my family, for my world, for my neighborhood? Where will I serve? What will I pray for? And number three, who will I invite? Could be as simple as sharing a Facebook post. Could be as simple as sending a text message and saying, you should check this out. Look at this. Who will you invite? Because every one of us can do our part and be witnesses. Yeah, I can't tell you when Jesus is coming back for sure. I can't tell you when the season of your life is going to be over, but I can tell you it's about time we share our story. And we let all of Columbus know, this entire area know, what Jesus has done for us. Maybe, and I'm getting ready to wrap up right here, but maybe maybe you're here today and you're like, my heart's weary, I'm just tired. I'm tired of the brokenness, I'm tired of the hurt, I'm tired of the pain. Let me speak to you right now. Because Jesus finishes up the story, Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, and he ascends into the heavens. And these disciples come. And it's a pretty cool moment, right? They're, they're looking, the disciples are standing here, and Jesus is going up. And then all of a sudden, angels come down. And it, it's, it's an epic moment. And these angels look at these disciples, and this is what they say. Why are you standing here 
this Jesus who was taken up, he will come again to you. So if your heart's hurting today, you feel broken and weary with this world, be of good cheer. Jesus is coming back. Jesus will return. But in the meantime, it's time for us to share our story. Now today, if, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, if you've never had that moment where you put your faith in him and somehow he takes this stuff that's been hurting on the inside of you and he puts his love, his peace in your heart. If you've never had that moment, I wanna give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. I wanna give you a moment to put your faith in him for the very first time. Or maybe it's been a really long time since you've checked out church and you've stumbled across this moment and, and we're sharing this moment together and you're like, yes, it's time for me to give my heart to Jesus. I wanna give you that moment right now. It could be as simple as typing it in the chat box or, or letting us know via your connect card or, or just right there, you and Jesus alone with nobody else watching around. Jesus, I'm gonna pray this prayer and I'm gonna put my faith in you because it's time for that. I wanna pray for you right now. Jesus, you see where I am right now. God, you know what I carry into this moment. But God, it's time that I give you my heart, not just part of it, but all of it. It's time I put my faith in you. God, I have felt that brokenness, and God, I have gone through this season where I, I didn't know when the daylight would shine on me again. But Jesus, today, I place my faith in you. I accept you as the leader and the Lord of my life. And God, I'm inviting you right now to help me with a fresh start. Jesus, I put my faith in you right now. If that's you. You ought to type in the comments right now and say, I did it. I put my faith in Jesus. I said yes to Jesus today. This was my moment. And Simple Church, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, who have a story, whether dramatic or simple, it's time for us to share it with somebody. It's time for us to share it and say, I want God's kingdom right here on earth and I want everybody that I know to experience it. Let me pray for us now. Can I do that? God, I pray right now for every member of Simple Church, for every onlooker, for every casual viewer, for every person who just stumbled by, those of us who had that experience with Jesus. God, let us share that with the world. Let us share that with those around us. God, help us to have this boldness in us to be obsessed with what you're obsessed about. Help us, God, to be obsessed with your kingdom. Help us to say yes to your time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, if you made a decision to say yes to Jesus today, first, I want you to know that we celebrate that with you. Uh, all of heaven is having a party and so are we. And so today you took a very important step. And can I encourage you to take the next important step? And that's to fill out a digital connect card. Make sure that you let us know. I said yes to Jesus today. And I promise you, here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to sell your information. That digital connect card comes to us so that we can help you understand what your next steps are on your spiritual journey. We want to be part of that. We want to get you a Bible. We want to get you baptized. We want to help you understand what all that means. And we want to welcome you to the family properly. So if you'll fill out that connect card, that'll help us do that specifically in this online environment. So take just a moment to do that. While you're doing that, I want to just share this is an opportunity for those of you who are prepared to give to do so. If you're a guest with us, you're under no obligation to give. We're really just glad that you're here today. Uh, but you can use all the methods on the screen, wherever they are appearing right now, to help you do that. You can give on our website, our app, text to give, or even mail in your checks. We thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity in this season.
Also, I would love to ask something that I've been asking every week is that uh, if God is doing something in your life, if you've been taking a step of faith, share that with me. You can do that on our digital connect card. Click the story button or I want to share my story button. And that comes directly to me. And I would love to hear your story to, for a couple of reasons, to be encouraged myself, the, uh, what your steps you're taking in your life, but also uh, uh, to share those with our team, to celebrate those with you and maybe even resource you in some of those steps. So, so, so please make sure you, you take a moment to do that. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us today. God bless you guys. I love you. We'll see you right back here next Sunday.